spirit came and died for you. So there is ignorance on who Jesus is. The present day church, they look at Jesus as a baby in a manger. A sweet talking Jesus. Sweet talking Jesus. They look at Jesus. Are you on me now? They look at Jesus, sweet talking. And they look at him like one whom if you this way at you give the other's cheek. Non judgmental. There is really ignorance on who the Lord is. You need to know the Lord for you to worship the Lord properly. You know that until you know the Lord, you cannot worship. First of all, let me begin with the servants of the Lord that are right now on the earth. You must know us very well together with our biblical identity which is expositioned openly on screens. Then you can receive our message. You have to know Jesus very well. With the dread he is to defeat Satan, defeat death. After that, that will really determine how you worship him, whether you worship him holy or not, right or not. And that, let me tell you, will also determine your eternity where you end up. This is serious stuff, serious. There is ignorance in the church. They think that Jesus is for coming, getting some goodies and walk away. How about the worshipping of him under his lordship? Right? Just his lordship. Worshipping him just for who he is. Before you start begging anything from him. Hallelujah. So the case about ignorance reigning in this church has been well placed today. You yourselves can now stand up and tell me areas where you think the church is ignorant about, ignorant about right? On your own now. So it's not a thing localized or restrained or restricted to the church in Thessaloniki. Not at all. That's why the Bible is there for you to read, right? But in this age, they have totally misunderstood Christian salvation with all its basic, basic tenets, foundations, and also the agency, the owner of the covenant that misunderstood him. They thought he came that they may sin more. There is sin in the church. Discotheques. In the church, the pastor can take another girl. And in many cases, they write to me, he has abandoned us with children. And so he addresses, he laments over ignorance, right? And so, I said, death of a Christian. Oh, we were reading. We were reading about uh, the, the ignorance he's lamenting over, right? First Corinthians chapter ten. We we finish R Romans one thirteen, and then Romans eleven twenty five, and then First Corinthians ten one. The places where the Lord lamented the fact that the fact that ignorance has entered the body of Christ, and he says he does not want it at all. He wants it what cleaned out. How do you clean it out? By opening the Bible and doing it and teaching it. Other than being a comedian at the pulpit. Or being a fundraiser. People that fundraise. Fund, there are people who are very good at fundraising. You tell him about the other widow. She, that widow, she has 10 million in a commercial bank. 
and this other one. Then he comes to the church, he pretends he's a prophet. You see, there's a widow, your name is ja, ja, Janne, Jennifer, Janet. Is it Janet? Jennifer? It's commercial. The bank is commercial. I think it's 10 million. God is saying half of it, put it. Ah! And that time they have leaked to him from counseling. People have not understood the dread of Jesus. You cannot spoil for Jesus and get away with it. You cannot. To say that I went and did that and he did nothing to me, you are joking, right? You are joking. The hour of accountability is coming. You can imagine the wrath of God that is coming, right? To say that you went to church and got a girl, how come he didn't strike me with lightning? Oh, that hour is coming. You can count on that. It's a matter of time. To say that I, I did a false prophecy and collected money from people in the church, how come he did not even just block my canal to start? Oh, are you trying to mock God? That is serious. So, First Corinthians chapter 10, 1. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. Another one. First Corinthians 12, verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not want you to be ignorant. I do not want you to be ignorant. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble which came to us in Asia. He does not want people to be ignorant in the church. Because they realize the devil takes advantage of your ignorance. In fact, it is so painful to me. Sometimes when I look at the sheep, you can tell that the other churches have taken advantage of them. And they believe. They believe in you and they sow a seed. They get. But the problem is, they are left in a place where they end up coming crying here. I was told to remove title deed. We paid for the land that the cripple will walk. But the cripple did not walk. Then his phone became teja. Ay, ay, ay. Those stories are here. They come, they come and tell us, right? That is serious. They are ignorant of where the anointing of God comes from. They think you have to purchase. Hey, they say, I'll give you so much so you can give me anointing as yours. What is that? The anointing comes from the appointing authority. They are going authority. And he has cut out the missions for his servants. They are not overlapped. He is never irrelevant or ignorant of the missions to be accomplished. This is serious. So let us look at this metaphor of sleep in death that they are using here. Are you ready tonight for a journey? Am I hurting somebody too much? <laughs> yes, because sometimes, you know, prosperity... I mean, God does not want to humiliate you. He's saying, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Hallelujah. Thank you very much for putting it on TV in Finland and running radio programs and the social media Finland is always number one. God will reward you. 
Hallelujah. And my daughter, therefore, putting it on radio in the Netherlands, you went and put it in transgender radio, my Lord. Transgender radio. She went and put the holy message inside there. That is just the right thing to do. You don't go into a church and then you say that I have harvested five souls. You go to a brothel. It is serious. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. He is King and very mighty King. So let's look at the metaphor of sleep that is being used here. The Lord Jesus himself revealed the metaphor about sleep. John chapter 11 verse 1. Somebody will read for me now so that we can move. We have so much. We have not covered anything. John 11 verse 11. Blessed people. This is a heavy day. Isikunimzito. Sorry? Nimzito. I think it's heavy, right? Sana. Because all of a sudden the Lord is saying, no, just a moment. Open the Bible and teach the word to the sheep. To remove ignorance. Because the devil takes advantage of ignorance and pervert their lives and lie to them and devour. Right? Once you teach them the truth, like now the sheep in this church, you cannot tell them, send me a title deed for your crippled walk. <laughs> not at all. No, because they say, but the servants of God are not even coming to our villages. They are just there. So even if you wanted to give them anything, they are not even there. They are just Nairobi there. And the decreeing and creepers are walking and celebrating the glory of God is moving in the land. Hallelujah! And so nobody can lie to nobody anymore. The truth will set you free. So now let's move. Let's look at this. The Lord Jesus himself uses the metaphor of sleep to address death. Why does he do that? What's the message? Let's go through that very fast so I can be able to release you. Real quick, once we get through this, I think I can release you. Real quick, John 11, 11, 11. These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake, and I may awake him out of sleep. I, you know, if, <laughs> if you read forward, the disciples say, just a moment, we don't understand, this guy has died. Yeah, this guy has died. But he says he has slept. And I'm going to wake him up. And then they were talking that I think he's not aware that Lazarus has died. <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. The Lord who knows everything, right? Hallelujah. Why does he do that? Mark, look at Mark chapter 5, 39. The daughter of Jairus. And when he was coming, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and weep? The, the damsel is not dead, but sleepeth. You know, you find people in a funeral. I know that I've seen another place where there's a boy in a coffin. And when I walk in, the Lord resurrects the boy. And normally I think the case, normally the case... The case is <laughs> No, because you know when, when somebody died before me, yes, you actually I was going to Argentina. I was going to Buenos Aires. And then the Lord showed that someone's going to die. So I said, No, I don't need to be a genius, I'm not even going there now. So right? 
But because the Lord was going to confront me with the dead body to resurrect. Right? So, <laughs> you know, the Lord said, oh, you want to run away? Okay, I'll bring it to you. <laughs> yes, so, uh, it was a situation. And the body dried. Dried. You, you know, for them now, the only thing that remained, because someone came for prayer, rushed in for prayer. Please, please, there's someone emergency here. Right there, my Lord. Right there, my Lord. No, glitters, just relax. Don't worry. I know for you. Don't be so much in the flesh. Just be here because you know who is talking here. Yeah. No, he, he, he was bad. <laughs> no, no, the question is for them now, the only thing was they are looking at my eyes. As he panicked, they were shocked. He has not panicked. It seems he has seen this in the dream. I looked at him and said, Quelly, you've done this here. <laughs> And then, hey, hey, they, they were now, oh, boy, boy, boy. they're like, eh, whatever. And then I said, okay, turn him. When they turned is when they realized the hand had dried. And now the face changes. But open my jacket. Because I know that when I cover someone with my jacket, as you can tell, I, I tell you, I tell you, yes, yes, I tell you. When I covered, <laughs> like that, <laughs> removed the jacket and covered my Lord. I, 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 I. These people are cowards. But you should also ask me, and you, why didn't you go to Argentina? <laughs> no, it was bad. And the face has come face turns. And even when he said that, then I told him, I told him, can you open the fridge, get some juice, that, that glass, pour juice and give to him to drink. And he drank. But okay, the shock, even the shock and the resurrection cry, eh? there is what we call resurrection cry. When weep like a baby. <laughs> All of a sudden dawns on the person. What has just happened? Hallelujah. So he walks in there. People are wailing. They are mourning. This is serious. Somebody has done this. Hey, you people, why are you doing this like this here? This baby, this, this child actually has, has not died. Some people can chase with the panga, right? This child has not died. He's actually asleep. They said, please, why are you mocking us or what? <laughs> I want to look at the metaphor of sleep being used to replace death because he has gone to the cross and come back. Hallelujah! Yeah. Jesus is Lord. Hi. Yeah. They call it sleep. He said, why do you do that? This baby is asleep. So the fact that the Lord uses sleep instead of death to replace death is a very strong evidence that every human being alive today will certainly live forever. Thank you, Corey.
Kobe for writing at least. Are you writing something? The church in Keroka, I love you, Keroka, you're listening. And I know that he will come with it. Hallelujah. Kaplong Kona. Ukapata mtoto. They waited for me at Kaplong Kona. They were trying to get a baby for a long time. There was no possibility. So when I came at Kaplong Kona and he said, is that the issue? Then I said, it is well. They got a baby. Hallelujah. I will never forget you. He literally stopped us. He stopped the convoy. You cannot do that, right? You can't, you can't do that anymore, right? Hallelujah. He's saying the fact that Jesus says, the Bible says, that asleep, meaning he's going to wake up. That means death is not the terminal end. So let us just wake up and prepare for eternity. Right? He said, death is no longer your terminal end. We say, not at all. You have to prepare for eternity. Where are you going to stay? My daughter has come all the way from Sydney, Australia, because she knows that very well. That when it's all said and done, destinies have been determined here. Not in the life to come. Hallelujah. And so he's saying, death is not the end of existence. That's why he's saying, just asleep. Hallelujah! Let the church prepare. Even Sao Paulo. Let them prepare. I know they're tuning all, all everywhere. When he uses the sleep as a metaphor to address death, he's simply saying, be careful. After this life, there is continued existence. Oh, yes. Someone will wake up. You're going to wake up. And what will you say if you just wake up like this find you are before your creator? Eternity is being decided. And where? Here. I've never... You know, I've been around... But I've never gone to a place where by now somebody stood up. I asked, how many of you want to go to heaven? And then they said, okay, for me I want to go to hell. I've never seen someone who goes to church say they want to go to hell. I'm yet to meet that person. So let people prepare. Not the kind of wailing I've demonstrated here. And you want to do it eternally. And the problem with hell is that when you are there, you always remember, a creeper has walked. A creeper has walked. Glory. Creeper has walked. A creeper has walked. Mighty. Creeper has walked. A creeper has walked. Jesus. Creeper has. You remember those things. Opportunities missed. The rich man remembered it and said, please send somebody to warn my brothers. The opportunities missed. Professor Amish, Australia is better than Kenya. But you are camped here for a reason. Because you know so well that there is something called eternity and it must be decided and determined here. And you have a whole Australia in your hands and New Zealand, Papua New Guinea Islands. You said, no. I have a palatial home. His home is next to ambassadors and so forth. He's invited me there. Hallelujah. But he said, no. Allow me just stay in a single room here called uh, Desmond. I want to catch this thing. 
and run with it down there and save a generation, save a continent of Australia. Hallelujah. He's using sleep as a metaphor to address death. To underscore a point that be careful, existence continues. So you have to make choices. After this, where will you go? If you love sin, stop it now. Stop it now. Because there is accountability ahead. Death is simply a passage. And he says, this is the strongest proof yet of the afterlife. In other words, life after death. I wish I had time with you people. I have to shut it down. Tomorrow is another day. <laughs> this is it. You know, Finland, Netherlands are here, Brazil, everything, everybody's here, Australia, big nations, alpha nations. They are saying, oh, Kenya, you are really feeding on this. And you wanted me to be on my flight to Sao Paulo. I thank God I refused. <laughs> you wanted to eat this in my absence. <laughs> Hallelujah. Is somebody learning a thing or two? Oh yes, because this is what will enlighten the church and sensitize the church to prepare for the better. There's better life ahead. Better. Better. Because the devil has lied to this generation, has tried to trivialize eternity. As though it does not exist, it's not even serious, Jesus will understand. No. Not at all. Sin will always continue to be sin. If you have fallen into sin today, how awesome the God we have. You can simply repent and he will receive you. Luke 15 verse 7. The joy in heaven when one sinner. Jesus came to weak ones like you that fell into sin and came back to him. But the righteous ones that were self-righteous, the Pharisees, Sadducees, have to pass through the tribulation. In the news. Oh, this is powerful. Hallelujah. And so he goes on to say that this thing of calling death sleep also goes a long way, goes on a long way to underscore that death is merely a passage another life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Boma yetu uko sawa. Unakula injili hapa. Nikaiita Noah's boat leo. Hai, wacha tuingie tuko hii kisiwa tupite, si ndio? I tell you. This is serious. It underscores that death is simply a door to another place. If you can read the book of Hebrews chapter 9:27, unto every person is appointed death and beyond there, judgment. Right? Hallelujah. Read it, my son. It is about the realm of eternity. Gunyali, I'm glad you're sitting here. Chief executives of banks. How would you have come here? <laughs> you remember when I told you to pass the church, I trembled the whole night. I said, will they really accept it? But you people somehow accepted it, right? I, I have never overcome it until today. Very senior, senior people. Your brother is the CEO of Kenya Airways. You are also CEO of banks. 
who am I? I don't deserve these things. Who am I that good things are happening to me? Hallelujah. Oi. I don't deserve you people because my earthquakes are terrible. He's saying, this matter of calling death sleep simply underscores that death is actually a door into the realm of eternity. What what amushwa? People are going to be waking up. If people sleep, let me tell you how this whole thing Jesus used it. Because you see, when people sleep, someone is asleep and someone dies. You look at the countenance, they look same. It means they will wake up, right? Yeah. Someone will wake up. Hebrews 9:27, please. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Repeat it, because that's now King James. <laughs> Let's speak it again. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, you have an appointment. If you have an appointment with a dentist, or you have an appointment with a doctor. See, that's an appointment. You have to go there. And you have to go. He's saying, everybody has an appointment with death. That is serious. Right? Very, very serious. Because you know, after that appointment, things will have changed. Serious. And so, he says after that, but after this, the judgment. Yeah. Accountability. The book of Revelation, chapter 24 and 6. Why he uses sleep as a metaphor to address death. Even Noyugi's there. A very powerful revival going on there. There's a creeper just walked recently there, right? Very mighty. Can you read Revelation 24 to 6 and I stop greeting people? And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of men that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with They come back to life! They resurrected! They woke up! They woke up. They came back to life. They were sleeping. We knew that they would wake up. Now they came back to life. When you come back to life, where will you be? This is serious. Revelation 20, 11 and 15. I don't have time really. And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. And they came back to life, right? Yes. <laughs> they woke up. So Jesus is right. When he says to him, death is sleep, he's transmitting a message, be careful. It don't end there. It will not end there. 
There is another life. There is the afterlife. There is a life after death. Where will you spend it when you wake up? Daniel chapter 12, we're going to read it later, also says that those multitudes sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life. Others to everlasting shame and fire. Ay, 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 ay. We must make determinations today. Today we are not living until this thing is solved. People will determine where they're going to. So continue, finish up. And those whose names were not found written in the book of life were thrown into the lake of fire. Now, Job 19, 25, 27, real quick. Whom I shall see for myself, and mine eyes shall behold, and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Even though my body rot. Meaning buried. What will happen? Even though my reins be consumed in me. But ye should say, Why persecute we him, seeing the roots of the matter is found in me? But Okay, you are reading another. That's why people look at you. Which scripture are you reading? We are going one direction. You have now changed route. You want to go to another city. 20, and though after my skin worms destroy this body no he goes down there to describe how the worms are eating the dead body to show that he's really dead but jesus says sleep he said even though that happens then yet in my flesh shall i see god yet i'll resurrect and see god that is serious that's why jesus uses sleep instead of death to transmit an everlasting message to you that be careful. It will not end here. It's not going to end here. He has refused. This matter, the way it has been controversial, contentious, now he has refused. It's not ending here anymore. That is serious. Very serious. Because he's saying, even though the worms eat the body and the body rots, Though he will resurrect, he will wake up and see the Lord face to face. That is amazing. Ecclesiastes 3:11. In the heart of every person he has placed eternity. So you are not ending here. Very good, Pastor Victoria. I bless you, my daughter. Thank you indeed. So just continue. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart. No, you no, 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 no. Don't do that. Read NIV. <laughs> Read NIV. Don't do that kind of thing here. Read NIV. <laughs> I tell you, no. He has made everything beautiful in its in its time. He has also set eternity in the human He has set eternity in the hearts of men. So this matter is not ending here. This, <laughs> this matter is eternal. He's saying, The way you have been controversial, contentious, and what? Dragging. He said, This matter, now we are not ending it here. Now we are flooding it in front there. Want to see where you end up? 
If you thought death is everything, that is it now. Let's move forward. We have now decided to this matter in front there. To see how it ends and who wins. When we told you to be holy and you're pulling yourself and you're contentious and contention about everything. He said now we are for, this matter is now not ending here. It is now big. This now cannot be solved here. Aye. When you hear that you just start trembling, running the rest from everything like that. Serious stuff. So, in the rapture of the church, when the Lord uses sleep instead of death, He strictly refers to Christians who will die and the great expectation of a better resurrection. Read the book of Hebrews 11.35. To the Christians, to the church, when He refers to sleep, to death as sleep, he simply pointed to Christians, the born again, that die. And the great expectation they have for a better resurrection. Hebrews 11.35 Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. That they might attain a better resurrection. Look at this now. Because they knew in the Old Testament there were some principles, some of them you know, that were involved in resurrection. And those people resurrected and died. And he's saying that now they heard that the Messiah is coming, he would defeat death. And when he defeats death, he would resurrect with a glorious resurrection and he would share it with those that are faithful to receive him. Then he says that those now that will be resurrected when the Messiah has already resurrected, they become part of the first resurrection, glorious resurrection. And then he says they will be resurrected with a better resurrection. Why? Because they will be glorified and they will never ever see death again. So in the church, that is what he's talking about in this briefing. I can call this a colloquium session, a beautiful one, Sana. Are you going to be continuing to come here? Yes. Welcome home, please. You are the ones who built it. <laughs> you know me, I just came. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so he's saying a better resurrection, meaning that one whereby if you are resurrected, no more dying. You are going straight into the kingdom of glory. No more pain, no more depression, no cancers, arthritis, hypertension, diabetes, leukemias, bleeding disease, fibroids, nothing. All of the above will not be there. And you will be in glory with Jesus. Celebrating the day the Messiah is being exalted, jumping with a palm branch like this when he's being exalted. Hallelujah. Oh, yes, a better resurrection. So, when he uses it in the church for the believers who are holy and faithful, he's referring to the fact that wow, the expectation, the great expectation of now what? A better resurrection, glorification. Hallelujah. And so he's saying, the Lord is saying that death is by no means a complete obliterate termination of you. Termination is the word. Extingu extinction or obliteration of you. 
Death is not. Hallelujah. And so you are told, don't fear death. You have life. That neighbor you see, that neighbor, tell, tell, tell her that I'm looking at an eternal being here. <laughs> Hallelujah. So there for accountability. Where would you spend your eternity? Every person you see around there, oh, you are greeting some eternal creation. Eh? Wow, thank you for greeting hands, shaking hands. Aye. He says, if death had been a total destruction of the person, it would have caused the rampant sinners to go on a rampage of sin. If death had been a total extermination and termination of the human being, it would have caused some habitual rampant sinners to go on a rampage of sin. Because they would be like, there's no consequence. I, I love Jesus. I really do. That he brought this body of knowledge to you people. By who? The one who commands heaven. Open like this. And raises cripples. And has met the Lord. Oh, yeah. The Lord was simply saying that after death all people must give account of how they live their lives on the earth. That is now serious. Very serious. By using sleep for death, the Lord was simply implying that after death, after this life, Every human being ever lived on this earth must now be brought to account, must give account of how they live their life on this planet that is called earth. Ay, what a planet. The worship center of heaven, of God. He chose this planet for worship, right? The worship center. Hallelujah. Oh yes, Yes, he's saying no. <laughs> he won't take it lightly. He's taking this fight, this story mbele huko. Sasa hata kubali ishi hapa sasa. We must close down. It's coming 9 o'clock. Can we finish? He says after death. After you die, after death someone living and then he dies. Existence continues. Be careful now. Yeah. Me, I'm glad Maurice Okello is sitting here. Powerful Vigogo of the gospel. After death, he says, <laughs> that, that is a shocker, right? Say, existence continues. Be careful. Watch out. Oh, me, I just want to go. But I, you want to go? Be careful now. It does not end here. <laughs> Be careful. Hallelujah. Aye. He says resurrection is a must for every human being ever lived on this earth. Oh, that is serious. Th those subjects in school are called compulsory. And they're the ones you hated most, eh? <laughs> so he's saying death is compulsory. 
you rather love it. Because he, God, everything works for the good of those that love the Lord. So death becomes a transmission into glorification. God takes it and now uses it to transmit you into glory. Hallelujah. So Daniel chapter 12 too, if you read it real quick over there. Resurrection is a must for all people that have ever lived on this beautiful planet called earth. Hallelujah. Daniel 12 too, if you finish, I read John 5. And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to, some to everlasting life. And some to shame and everlasting And contempt. some to the lake of fire, my Lord. He's saying everybody must wake up. Why? Since Jesus died and resurrected, everybody focus on me now. Since Jesus died and resurrected, now the following must apply. He says everybody must resurrect. Number two, the righteous will resurrect to eternal life. And the wicked to judgment. That is it. Story over. He has finished it. So where will you hide? I think you just have to receive Jesus and be holy now. I think this is now a corner. The church has been put in a corner now. He's saying existence continues. <laughs> and that that's why I need to get time tomorrow so I can handle etern everlasting life and immortality because you might confuse that for saying even those going to hell have immortality or eternal life, not at all not at all, but existence continues I, I, this is a heavy day it's a very heavy day and I love it when it's heavy because now these are now the kind of summons that cut deep and cause you now to rethink your life and the course of your life. You understand? That's why we are doing this. He's saying, after death, the reason he says sleeping it's because after death, when you now wake up, your body is now re-strengthened, re-energized, either for heaven or to receive judgment. Wow. Oh, I'm tired of hell. Is that what you said the other day? <laughs> he said, oh, I'm tired of hell. <laughs> I tell you, this is now serious. He says, after death, your body will be strengthened and re-energized to live eternally. Either prepared for eternal life or re-energized and strengthened to exist forever to receive eternal punishment. That is severe. So there is everlasting life and there is the smoke of the torment rising forever and ever. It's nine o'clock. I want to bring it to an end here. I bring the ship to the shore. We'll continue tomorrow. Everybody rise up. We receive Jesus. This is heavy. We must just go back to the Lord. Hallelujah. Wherever you are, whether you're in South Korea, 
like my daughter Victoria here, or you are in Australia, New Zealand, Spain, probably Italy. Sometimes you might feel you are somewhere in uh, Noctana of Latin America down there near Concepcion, Chile. Or you are Santiago de Chile, you are caught up in another program but you ran into this. Maybe New York City you are driving and then you switch it on because you have the internet and somebody told you, please listen, 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 there's something going on. Or probably Saskatchewan in Canada. Or Ivaskla or Tampere. Or maybe Stockholm, Sweden. Amsterdam. Brussels, Johannesburg, Abuja. Maybe you're in Kakamega or Cape Town. Lilongwe, Haberone, Malapie. Wherever you are. I think this is just the right hour to go back before the Lord. And just speak to the Lord and tell Him, my Lord Jesus. I repent today that I have trivialized life. I have not understood you, Lord. But today, I have understood that after this life, there is accountability. Lord, I repent and receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Please establish holiness in my heart. And righteousness and your word and the Holy Spirit and guide me Jesus until I enter the kingdom of God I totally surrender to you Jesus and I receive your gift of eternal life in the mighty name of Jesus I am born again Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.